Welcome to this edition of Hindsight is Horrifying, the show where three mostly normal and somewhat cynical adults discuss life as members of the TV generation. Now here are your hosts, Darth Jader, Jason Mitchell and Adam B. Good evening, Hindsiders, and welcome back to another thrilling, chilling episode of Hindsight is Horrifying. You're going to notice something a little bit different this evening, and that's that neither of my nerdy boys are here. So uh, what is a gal to do? What is Darth going to do with this episode? You ask? Uh, she'll bring on two special guests. That's what she's going to do. So welcome back. Two of your favorite all-time visitors, Katie and Young Adam. Say hi to the listeners, guys. Uh, good evening, Hindsiders. Hello, everybody. Y'all good are to so be here. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's impressive. Oh, I'm excited to be here. I've been wanting to do this one for a while. <laughs> yes, Darby has been begging for this movie for a while, so now you know that it was his pick. So whether you love this movie or hate this movie or this franchise in general, you can blame Young Adam. Adam, because it's all his fault that we're here this evening. As per usual. Yes, indeed. <laughs> well, I think regardless of which movie we watch, I feel like uh, one movie in this franchise hits with somebody uh, all the time. One I of think them, so. At least. That's, that's pretty accurate. So, uh, young Adam, tell us what franchise that you picked to discuss this evening. We are talking about the film Clerks, which has kicked off the View Universe, which is a really strange cinematic universe franchise of sorts, uh, comprised of Kevin Smith's comedies, which are, uh, we are Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. I'm sure there's another one in there. Oh, <laughs> Clerks 2, of course. Dogma. Yeah. Clerks the Dogma. Animated Series. The Clerks the Animated Series. series. Uh, little known, but cult beloved uh, following for that one, the animated series. Yes, the, an- the six episode animated series, <laughs> yes, which is phenomenal. Oh, it was killed by its network. It was absolutely murdered, but oh, yeah. it never stood a chance even out of the starting gate. So. But before the MCU... Kevin Smith created a cinematic universe before it was cool. Before it was cool. Now, I don't know about that. Would you, and this might piss off Jason if he were here, but here's the thing. Uh, Would you compare him on any level to Adam Sandler? Because they do something similar in the Mm. sense that Kevin Smith gets a close group of friends and. (laughs) Oh, shit. Jason's here. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, darn it. So, Hindsiders, Jason's here producing, but he doesn't really care for this movie franchise. Oh, Jason's here. Yeah. <laughs> He's doing the soundboard and such, so I hold no responsibility for any sounds that happen tonight, especially if they come through or, the sound or, or system. Anyway, especially if you hear Christian Bale shouting, no, or anything else no! that Christian Bale might, uh, there you go. So, anyhow... Uh, to continue my question, would you compare Kevin Smith to Adam Sandler in the sense that they both get kind of a tight-knit group of actor friends and make similar movies over and over? And if if they're similar enough, how would you compare them? Like, who's more successful at that formula? Yeah, I would maybe say Kevin Smith is like a culty Sandler in some sense, at least with his 90s work. Uh, he does get the same gang, the way less famous gang, but yes. he does he does get a gang together and uh, there's friends and he pretty much finds excuses to put all his friends in his movies and sticks to a pretty tight formula. I think Sandler obviously was was more successful with it financially and commercially, but uh, I don't know. I, I, got a, I got a spot for Smith's dialogue and his charm so because he certainly has it and i think part of what really plays in kevin smith's favor is the fact that a lot of his actor friends don't 
you know, they never made it to the big time. And even Jeff Anderson, who plays Randall, he's never professed to be an actor. To this day, he they had to struggle to get him to be in the Clerks uh, sequel. They had to kind of struggle to get him into the animated series, from what I understand. He oh, just, yeah. He, he, I think he still owns his own gravel company. I'd have to Google it. But for a while, he did. Uh, he he's just a normal guy to his own volition. Like that's just how he feels about it. He's not an actor. Yeah. He just signed on for clerks three after like what a five, six year struggle. Oh, be still my heart. I love Jeff Anderson. Randall's yeah. my favorite character. And I'm so, I was, I wasn't even going to go see the third one. Hindsiders, unless they included Randall, if they, oh. they might have, well, they might've tricked me and killed him off in the beginning or something. Kind of how we're fearing, uh, is going to happen to the Iceman when the next top gun comes out due to the trailer and the hints that are happening with that. We we don't have any factual proof, but if they had tricked me into, you know, thinking Jeff Anderson was going to be there and then he died, I would have been so pissed. I probably would have left the theater. Oh, it's not Clerks without Randall. It isn't. It's not. I can't watch an hour and a half of Brian O'Halloran. <laughs> no. I, just, I can't do it. You have to balance it out. You can't have the duo with just the whiny one. You can't do it. No, absolutely not. Yeah. So, uh, Katie, what compelled you to join us this evening? Because when I, I put my feelers out for an, an extra guest, you were rather enthusiastic. So what is it about Clerks that drew you in? Well, um, I adore this universe, but my journey started a very obscure way. I started with Dogma at the age of 11. Where you nice. actually see movies uh, before Clerks 2 ever does it. Yeah. The restaurant um, movies, yeah. Then Clerks 2 was the second one I watched. And then I oh, saw wow. Clerks 1. Oh, yeah. But Clerks 2. I you still saw Clerks 2 before you saw Clerks 1? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. Wow. But I That was the first movie I had to laugh the entire way through until The Hangover came out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. So then what was your intro to the Viewisk universe, young Adam? Oh, um, I think I saw various clips of some of the movies on TV. And then they played... Clerks uncut, completely uncut on television on Comedy Central after what? 1 a.m. They could oh, do it after okay. 1 a.m. Right? Did they get away with that? So I watched about 10 minutes of it and I was like, oh, this is that movie that I keep hearing about. Uh, Jane Silent Bob is what I what I heard about. And I was like, oh, this is a Jane Silent Bob movie. And then I finally went to the video store. Yes, I was alive when those happened. A video store. Uh, I went to the that? video <laughs> store uh, and rented the movie and uh, started with Clerks. And I think I... I think I went completely out of order, kind of like you. I went to like Dogma, and then I went to Jan Silent Bob Strike Back, then back to Mallrats, then to Clerks 2. Oh, so I was kind of all over the place, but I didn't see it till high school age. Gotcha. You see, I, I honestly cannot remember if Mallrats or Dogma was my first exposure to the Viewisk universe. It was one of the two. Um, I want to say Dogma with Mallrats following closely behind, but Clerks I didn't get into until I was entering college. My best friend Maggie and I, we discovered Clerks uh, in our 18th year, Hindsiders, and we spent the summer watching it over oh, and nice. over and over again. And that was, uh, it was the second one was about to come out when we were obsessed with the first one. So we got to enjoy them together and we discovered the animated series. And so we just, we went down a rabbit hole of clerks. <laughs> the animated series, have either of you gotten to enjoy that? Oh yeah, but it's been a real hot minute. Oh yes. I, I haven't, haven't watched DVD. it. Yeah. I, went to, I went to a store and found it on DVD for like two bucks and I was like, eh, why not? I'll give it a try. And I, I watched it. it and exactly yeah. how I found it. I saw yeah. a video stop in Kennesaw I loved when it. that was still a thing. So. I mean, it's it's like PG-13 Clerks, but it's still hilarious in its own right because it has sort of a different vibe to it because it's animated. They can sort of do more with the comedy that well, they can't do in live action. Even the commentary <laughs> on the animated version is hilarious because uh, Kevin Smith, uh, Jeff Anderson, 
Brian O'Halloran, they were amazed with the jokes that they were able to get away with. For instance, they had a magazine where the pages were stuck together. Oh, yeah. And Randall's going, it's frozen. And they did that on Friends back in the early or late 90s, early 2000s. So yep. they were getting away with stuff on public television that you probably shouldn't have been getting away with it it really depends on how dirty the joke is but i guess it's all in the presentation because they didn't mention anything specifically about masturbation all they said was oh the pages are frozen like that you know that's it but (laughs) and then they moved on what channel was the animated series on Uh, they were actually offered there was a fight between the networks so there's a lot of commentary on the dvds where i think it was uh UPN offered them a fantastic deal because nobody wanted anything to do with them. And then I think it was, who did Two Guys, A Girl, in a Pizza Parlor? Was it NBC? Pizza Place. uh, Pizza Pizza Place. Place. Sorry, sorry. Yes, the Ryan Reynolds classic. Oh, because on the animated series, Randall says, Two Guys, A Girl, in a Pizza Parlor. Uh, Thursdays at eight on NBC. Like it's, it, they make fun of it. So mm-hmm. I think it was the same network as. So I think it was NBC. Okay. Um, totally a wrong channel to put it on. Com- it, no, it, Comedy Central or Adult Swim would have been like perfect. Well, and they even have an episode where they make fun of President Lincoln, and they say that he's got a black butler who I cannot remember his name at the moment. But they're like your favorite program on UPN, and because they would have gotten such a better deal and better exposure and more support on UPN, but they. Took NBC because that was a more recognizable network and then NBC completely screwed them over kept changing their time slots and Mm -hmm. just would not release the episodes in sequence it was a whole mess so but now there's no UPN yeah (laughs) oh you're right yeah that's true but that wasn't true when Clerks the animated series came out so let me see uh what the synopsis of this is sure so in the meantime young Adam why is it that you had such you know, a yearning to discuss this franchise. Yearning. Tell us. Yearning. He's a been year, after me yearning. about this for more than a, a year. So. Yeah, well, when I, it's it's a cult movie for sure. And whenever I find people who love a cult movie that I love, I want to talk about it for like seven hours and on a <laughs> podcast. So I was like, why not? And I brought it up with you, Jader. And you're like, I love Clerks too. And we're like, we should talk about it on a podcast. And you so happen to have a podcast. I do. I'm all powerful that way. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> basically I'm using this episode as, as a catharsis, cathartic excuse to talk about uh, one of my favorite cult movies from high school that nobody that I went to high school with knew what the hell it was. So uh, this is, is a long time coming for me. Young Adam. Yes. <laughs> this is why I am young Adam. I was a fetus when this movie was released. You're still a fetus so. in comparison to everybody yeah, who's <laughs> ever been on the podcast really. I still, I still think uh, besides Alyssa, is Alyssa younger than you? Alyssa's one year younger than me. Okay, then Alyssa is the reigning young champ. She's the she's, young she's Alyssa. She's the young champ, yes. Uh, <laughs> you are not the youngest person on the show anymore. But so Hindsiders, for those of you who might have been living under too many rocks, like if you just got buried somewhere, uh, this is the synopsis of Clerks. Dante Hicks is not having a good day. He clerks in a small convenience store and is told to come into work on his day off. Dante thinks life is a series of down endings, and this day proves to be no different. He reads the newspaper that his ex-girlfriend, Caitlin, is getting married. His present girlfriend reveals to have somewhat more experience with sex than he thought. His principal concerns are the hockey game that he has this afternoon and the wake for a friend who died. His buddy Randall Graves works as a clerk in the video store next door, and he hates his job as much as Dante hates his. And uh, speaking of the friend that whose wake they attend, what movie does that cross over into in the Viewisk universe? Oh, I forgot. Was it was it Dogma? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Chasing we, Amy. Nope. Oh, I don't remember. Have any guesses, Katie? 
Mallrats? Yes. Yeah. Mall because rats. that movie starts out with the girl dying in the pool. Oh, you're right. And that mm. is oh my the God. that Dante attends. It's the same girl, and Brian O'Halloran is in Mallrats. So, yes. But he plays Dante's cousin. He on always that plays game a show. Dante relative in every movie. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so there's always some sort of overlap in the Viewisk universe. So it's yeah. definitely it's its own multiverse for sure. So this is a cinematic universe. Yes, None of the characters really meet each other too much, except for maybe Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. But the tying thread from each movie is is Jay and Silent Bob mm-hmm. primarily. That makes sense. And oddly enough, those are my least favorite of the Viewisk Universe movies, the Jay and Silent okay. Bobs, because yeah. it, I thought you were going to characters. Oh, like, no, 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 no. Oh, I, I love like, their characters, don't. but it's just, <laughs> yeah. that would, because it's kind of like, get out of here. It's kind of like how when we were growing up and Will and Grace was so popular and people mm-hmm. were like, oh, forget Will and Grace. It should be a Jack and Karen, Karen show. show. That would get so old so quickly. Yeah. Their punctuating humor is what made that show priceless. Right. You couldn't just oh, do a whole Jack and Karen. I could not hear her Karen. voice for, oh. oh I that, know oh. Megan Mullally, thank you. Yeah, but the Karen voice is you're different. a personal friend. Uh, yeah. Yes, we The Karen hugged. voice is different. She I had could Kat's not hear letter. that. It was beautiful. She was wearing like Jankos. It was beautiful. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, the it. thing about Jankos or whatever they're called. Jankos. <laughs> Those big ass jeans from the 1990s. She was literally wearing oh my a God, pair of yeah. flare outs with uh, these cork heels and a big cat sweater and glasses that are bigger than mine, hindsighters, I swear. And she was still Whoa. like the most gorgeous lady in the room. Where is this? Uh, this was at the Tabernacle several years ago. Josh Whoa. and I went and saw her and Nick Offerman doing stand-up together, and they called us up on stage for the dirtiest version of the Newlyweds game you've ever heard in your life. It was mm. it was the shining moment of my existence. There's no other we'll version I would want to see. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we don't do show notes anymore. Darth Jader got tired of that. But The thing really? about Jay and Silent Bob is I always say they're one of the best supporting characters I've ever seen in a movie. Exactly. Keyword supporting, because when they give them their own film, it kind of falls apart after about half an hour. Well, that's why you need the Carrie Fishers and the Ben Afflecks and the Matt Damon. You need all of these other punctuating characters to, yes. who don't even really move the plot along, uh, but you need them to sort of punctuate the ridiculousness that is Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. So uh, does anybody know why Silent Bob isn't really that silent? Because he's played by Kevin Smith. <laughs> no, because... Uh, Jay Muse, the guy who plays Jay of Jay and Silent Bob, when he has his final line in the first movie, mm-hmm. he was so messed up on drugs in oh, real yeah. life that he couldn't get out his final line. So he's trying to tell Dante, of all people in the movie, you'd think that this loaded drug dealer would not come up with the best advice, but Jay is the one who tells Dante, hey, you know, you're stringing this one girl along who loves you and brings you lasagna to work at lunch and then this other girl who cheats on you and stuff and uh he's like my grandma used to say uh and then you can see him start to lose it during the read and he just can't get his line together he goes what's a what's a plate with nothing on it no way what what's a good plate with nothing on it so that sort of makes sense but then he couldn't get out his very last line so that's why kevin smith had to jump in and do the line for him and that's how the whole kevin smith silent bob saying one line per movie Mm -hmm. came up he said there are a lot of fine looking women in the world man but not all of them bring you lasagna at work most of them just cheat on you I mean, and so that's why Silent Bob isn't really that silent. That makes sense. That so that explains the one line that uh, Silent Bob gets per movie, which is it's usually significant unless 
Uh, Clerks 2 uh, kind of plays on that a little bit. Oh, yeah. They made fun of themselves for that word. Oh, they yeah. were like, all right, Silent Bob, what wisdom do you have to impart? Like, mm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Jason Mewes was essentially uh, playing himself because the only oh, reason yeah. he was put in the film was he was friends with Kevin Smith, and Kevin Smith thought he was funny because he acted exactly like Jay in real life. He's like, oh, we got to put you in a movie, and then they put him in the movie. He's playing himself. Thankfully, he's uh, he's clean now, though. Yeah, he's yeah. leading the clean life. He's a father now, and you know, good for you, Jay. We still love you. That's awesome. Good for you. But uh, everybody was tied to Kevin Smith in some personal way, shape, or form, and a lot of drama arose because of that. So, for instance, the guy who was supposed to play Brian O'Halloran's part of Dante is the guy who plays Rick Darris, the one who makes fun of Dante for not being able to lift the gallon of milk <laughs> because. And he's a, you know, he's kind of a looker and he turns into the guy that Caitlin, one of the many guys that Caitlin cheated on Dante with. And <laughs> so uh, he's like, oh yeah, I used to sleep with your girlfriend when y'all were going out a few years ago. And uh, Dante's livid about that. But meanwhile, Rick is like, oh yeah, I can hear you groaning when you're lifting that gallon of milk. You don't work out enough. You don't have enough muscle tone. <laughs> and, seven pounds. Uh, but even, <laughs> and then this girl who's several years younger comes in and everybody in this small town knows everyone. So, of course. Uh, oh, you're so-and-so's sister Heather? Yeah, Dante, everybody, even in my class, knew that Caitlin was cheating on you with everybody. <laughs> Dante's just such a poor sav. He's such a loser. But uh, Rick Darris, which he was originally supposed to play Dante, but he showed up to work wildly, unprofessionally prepared. Uh, he Not prepared, actually. He didn't know any of his lines, nothing. But Brian O'Halloran had the entire script down pat. And so that's how he became Dante instead, because he was supposed to be a supporting character. But he was actually, he turned wow. into Dante because of that. Well, so I could believe that a little bit better now knowing because you look at him and they talk about their age and he like I remember watching this and I was like oh my god they're so old but again I watched Clerks 2 first yeah I mean they're supposed to be 22 that does not look like a 22 year old no and they're that more like mid sense. 20s maybe upper 20s upper 20s yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh Poor Randall, Jeff Anderson, he uh, he got crap off of Veronica. So I can, her name is like Lisa Giglumia. I can't pronounce her last name. It's very Italian. <laughs> Maybe Jason can teach us how to pronounce it because his wife is Italian. But uh, Veronica, <laughs> the lady who plays Dante's girlfriend, she when they were actually rehearsing for the movie and doing their blocking and all their reading and such, she pointed at Randall at Jeff Anderson and she was like, I don't know what he's doing here. He can't do this. He's not a professional actor and just completely called him out in front of Kevin Smith, in front of the entire cast, everything. And Kevin Smith had to approach her and was like, <laughs> yeah, he's staying. He's the other lead. Shut up. So she was really hateful to him apparently. And he, he almost, I think that's, to this day why he's like I'm not an actor I'm not an actor and he just sort of stays in his shell Aww, he's, he's like, so funny from like from elementary what, school yeah his <laughs> word has it he, yeah he almost I think he almost quit the movie because he was like wow. Kevin apparently you know I suck like I can't do this and Kevin was like no don't worry about that and like she's just being stuck up don't worry about that it that would have been terrible because Rando's like the best part of the movie oh, oh yeah. yeah easily I call, I call this um so it should be called Clerks the starring Randall and a bunch of other people. The inconvenient convenience store because it's closed <laughs> so many times. It really is. The windows aren't open because somebody stuck gum in them. A um, bunch the of savages in this work. town. Yeah, somebody jammed the uh, the storefront locks with gum, and then Dante had to make a sign out of a white sheet and, and shoe, shoe polish, polish <laughs> saying, "I assure you, we're, we're open." open. <laughs> and the entire day, people were like. 
What smells like shoe smells polish? Like shoe polish. It, it just follows him around all day. So great. He gets called in on his day off, like I read in the synopsis, and he. But he is such a whiny bitch. It, That's the, why you need Randall. What, what? No, but what's the thing that Dante says over and over and over again? We're not supposed. I'm not supposed, supposed to, be to be here, here. today. Yeah, yeah, I'm not even supposed to be here today. So yeah, and. Then Randall shows up constantly late. He could care less about his work at the RST video store. <laughs> I love that he messes with the customer. Oh, I, love, I love this part because uh, 25 says it. you're not going to get this movie. Yeah, I'll take that bet. And I've never heard of the movie. I wonder 20 if they... bucks says you're not going to rent that tape. <laughs> <laughs> All right, asshole, you're on. And then he just walks over. He didn't want to can't rent down. movies. I mean, we never know if that actually happens or not, but. Oh my god! Because it just ends after he opens it up. I right. think if the customer is a good sport, that well, he he goes over to the quick stop first and stops in for uh, you know a chat with Dante, and then he goes back in, and the lady realizes, oh crap, this guy was the manager the entire time, <laughs> or not the manager, but he's an employee there. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but I think. In my head, Randall's a good sport if you're a good sport with him, unlike the lady later in the movie who is like, sir, <laughs> what do you think about these two videos? And he's like, oh, I don't watch movies. <laughs> he's reading the newspaper, utterly ignoring her and being the worst <laughs> clerk of all time. What about these two? Oh, yeah, those she, suck. She turns around and it's, sir, these are the same two movies. And he's like, and she goes, I don't appreciate, or I don't think your manager would appreciate, I don't think I appreciate your ruse, ma'am. What? Your cunning you're, attempts to fool me. <laughs> <laughs> it right around and I think if somebody's a bad sport about him messing with them then he would follow through on his threat because he follows she's like screw you and he yells at her out the door he's like you're not allowed to rent here anymore I love Jay's little Jay's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so great and stay out such a great touch oh well, yeah and the first customer you actually see is the older gentleman who's bothering Dante at the quick stop because he's trying to return his videos and he's just sort of tapping at Dante like hey where's that guy supposed to be here at 10 o'clock or whatever and randall's still not there no time for love dr jones yeah, he's freaking kids because uh he yells at dante and it's obviously not dante's fault he leaves the keys on the counter at the quick stop and so dante's like good luck finding your keys and he throws them in the garbage can well, which love movie which i mean video stores we'll talk about that in a minute but like which video stores didn't have a drop-off box uh in the in 1994 i don't know Maybe. All blockbusters did. Yeah, but Blockbuster was a, a blockbuster level franchise. That's RST corporate. Video. I'd never heard of RST until I watched this movie, and it was a real store. Okay. Oh, really? So yeah, you're the right. Quick Stop and RST were real. Quick Stop was real. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I thought RST was real. No, was RST. Real. I, I'm just finding out RST must have been real because Quick Stop was real. So yeah. Yeah, Quick Stop was definitely real, but uh, yeah. Quick is very generic sounding for a convenience store. Oh yeah, but it, so, I mean, it was a store in Jersey, and people have actually been there and posted about it. It's a real place. Well, that's where Kevin Smith worked. Yeah, and that's why he was able to afford the movie even on the budget that he got, and that's a part of the reason why the movie's in black and white, Hindsiders, because it's cheaper to shoot in black and white than it is in color, in case you didn't know. Yeah, this movie was uh, basically a film student straight out of school trying to shoot his own movie with local actors and no money. And I think he did it for something like $25,000. $25,000, he maxed out all a of his credit, of credit cards. cards. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, hoping that he would maybe earn the money back. Which we call, I would like to call out because my boyfriend watches with me. The price of cigarettes is under $2. And he's like, whoa, because he used to be, uh, he, he, just, he used to know. Now it, it costs like crazy. $10 a pack or something. I guess so. I don't know. I've never bought a pack of cigarettes. I was Who like, knows? I mean, I don't know, like gas prices that much. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Gas is more expensive than cigarettes, but. 
Yeah, so Randall constantly messes around and doesn't really do his job. But uh, going back to that first <laughs> or customer, or Dante's job—he sells cigarettes to a four-year-old. Uh, that's true. He uh, the he doesn't even look at her. <laughs> he, he can't gets, do either he job. Gets her a pack of cigarettes and like takes change and everything. He so makes no the, eye contact whatsoever. Just <laughs> there's an interaction though. He's got to give her change for the money. Like you'd think that he would notice that he's leaning down that far to hand something <laughs> to somebody. But Randall, yeah, he ends up screwing Dante over by selling. Cigarettes to well, a kid. Well, y- you know, there's a few logic errors in this movie, as much as I love it. Uh, well, I think one of the bigger ones comes around with the Star Wars debate because so many people have a heated debate over, A, whether Empire <laughs> or Jedi is better. Empire. Uh, Jedi, which is part of the reason why I love Randall so much. Blasphemy. Uh, what, blasphemy. But th- we just came to a crux of the movie where Dante has this very loyal wonderful girlfriend and she actually has a badass entrance despite the fact that i don't like her much as a person for what she did to jeff anderson i don't like the character either to be honest really yeah why not i don't know i i I find her annoying i I can't pinpoint why i just don't like her 37 37 37? that's the only in a row that's the only he goes 37 i hadn't seen this movie in like 15 years i was like what and he goes you'll get it oh my god see i saw this movie before jeff anderson turned 37 and i contemplated sending a card to him on his birthday when he turned 37 that said 37 (laughs) (laughs) and i i never did it but i should i so should have done you should have yeah it would have been a better story than what i just told but and this awful part where randall's sitting there calling the distribution office for rst video this mother with a toddler is sitting there asking if they have a movie called happy scrappy hero pup and then he sits and like rings off all of these disgusting porno <laughs> titles and he's like oh wait what was the movie that you wanted again and he's he's rattling this off in front of like a three-year-old it's preposterous apparently every single take that they filmed of that scene they wrote more titles on the list oh, i believe that oh because jeff anderson that. is insane he has the memory of a steel trap even rosario amazing. rosario dawson on clerks 2 she couldn't believe him she said on the day of blocking so when even the director doesn't expect you to have your lines down she was like jeff came in and he had every single one of his lines down and could even help us with ours yeah and i was like i've been doing this for much longer and i've done a lot more projects than he has and he's putting me to shame oh my god i've got to step up my game because jeff anderson he's amazing yeah and i was like see jeff don't listen to Veronica. She sucks. <laughs> Rosario Dawson loves you. You've been anointed. You're fine. <laughs> Rosario Dawson. Oh, I love her in Clerks too. We'll get to that later, but I love yeah. her in Clerks too. Well, back to your um, black and white comment or whatever. They definitely made up for the black and, lack of black and white in the Clerks too. Oh, all yeah. the vibrant colors, like the purple, yes. the oh, yellow. Yeah. Oh, gold, my yeah. lord. Everywhere. The golden calf. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is Kevin? on the roof. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They have to have a roof scene. It was and the musical the number. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And uh, they, uh, Kevin Smith didn't even really have a great reason for it. He's like, I just always wanted to direct a musical number. Yeah. And that's, that was the whole point. And of it. I love it. But I mean, yeah. speaking of actors who know their lines really well, um, when he's sober, I know we, that we ragged on him earlier, but when he's sober, Jason Mewes is amazing at memorizing lines. Oh, I thought you were about to say, like our Jason. And I was like, Jason's well, amazing. I mean, <laughs> <you> <laughs> when <know>. he's sober, <laughs> he's great at doing sound. Beer, which we're enjoying tonight. We've got our special special bloody yes. flavors so show mm-hmm. off to the camera my oh friends. yeah there we go yes. we've got our wonderful beer so thank you variant for being awesome as always and bringing us lovely new flavors to enjoy while we talk nonsense about movies oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, so uh, the reason, a part, of, another part of the reason why this movie was shot in black and white is because Kevin Smith asked the owners of Quick Stop if he could film 
at the quick stop because that's where he worked, like you said, young Adam. Yep. And they were like, okay, but you can't disrupt business hours. So everything was shot at night. Which is why they wrote in that the doors are stuck closed. Yes. And yep. that's also why uh, the Randall Ringel came about. You know, how he oh. just like kind of shimmies out the door oh. or like how he yeah. even, that's his entrance. Uh, originally in the script, it was supposed to be that Randall came tap dancing in through the door. But one night when they were, they had one Friday night off when they were filming because they had been filming for weeks and weeks on end. And all of these people had day jobs too. So they're sheerly exhausted and just ready to fall down but Jeff Anderson was like oh it's the first time in a Friday night I've been off in like months I'm gonna get my Wranglers on and go out and party and he just did that little move and Kevin Smith was like that that's your entrance that forget the tap dancing you you have to do that and so that's why also at the end Dante's like hey why don't you wrangle for me and so Randall like wrangles out the door oh I love the wrangle he starts singing part of Berserker here comes Randall Randall. he's a Berserker (laughs) I love the wrangle that's like his iconic thing. You and know, Jeff the, Anderson came up with that all on his own. That was his own move. That's actually my go-to dance move at the club. Believe it or not. Oh, I know. What is you attend club the same club? You speak of it was something from Night at the Roxbury, <laughs> undoubtedly. Oh yeah, I don't go to the club anymore. I'm too old for that. But, uh. Oh, young Adam's aging out for us. This, I know. This doesn't bode well for the rest of us. Like my you're God. not 22. <laughs> I feel like after that. It's just, oh, do oh, you I not get, get ID'd anymore? Just to get one per episode. Uh, <laughs> Wayne's World came out the year I was born. You're welcome. You're welcome, guys. Oh, somewhere. <laughs> what year was that? 1992. Somewhere Mr. Brown Aww. is shedding a single tear. <laughs> that was for Mr. Brown because I miss him. But uh, that's for you, Mr. Brown, wherever you are. He's, he's <laughs> still with us. Somewhere. He's still with us. In spirit. <laughs> Don't worry. No. He somewhere. wandered into the desert and we never saw him again. So <laughs> that's why I really had to get some more guests on here because we lost our third podcaster and we're not sure where he is. Yeah. We did some sky riding, but that wasn't a great search because it only lasted for like five minutes. We should have thought about that a little more thoroughly. So but, did you hear the wrangle story from Clerks 2? No, I actually heard it on the commentary uh, from one of the DVDs. I think it was from the original Clerks uh, because I had an, an older DVD of it. So. No, there's a there's a Wrangle story for Clerks too as well, though. Is there? The, uh, Randall yeah. does do the Wrangle on top of the movie's countertop. Exactly. So what's Ran- the story there? Jeff Anderson fought with Kevin Smith for about 10 minutes saying, I'm not going to do it again. It's old. It's done. It was a joke from the first one. Let's move on. And then Kevin Smith's like, just do it real quick. Just please do it. He's like, all right, I'll do it for this one scene, two seconds. Fine, whatever. He does it, and then uh, they went to get to the premiere in the theater. And when that scene comes on, and he does the wrangle on the counter, the entire audience erupted with applause. Oh, and then yay. Kevin Smith looks at Jeff, and he goes, "Don't you ever doubt me again." <laughs> <laughs> well, there are a couple of callbacks in the second one because in the first movie, when Dante opens the store, and he just one of the many exhibitions of how lazy even he is, despite how responsible he pretends to be over his job at the Quick Stop, he's sitting. By behind the counter he's put you know like three dollars of bills and loose change on the counter for people to get their coffee it's like a take a penny leave a penny situation it's like pay for what you take uh be honest it's the honor system and meanwhile he and veronica are are sitting behind the counter where no one can see them and he's painting her nails and they get into a fight about who puts in more effort during sex whether it's the man or the woman and she fights with him about it but in the second movie with Rosario Dawson she uh, the great Rosario Dawson yes, one of my Rosario favorite Dawson. actresses of all time because uh, Dante's about to leave town with his uh, fiance to move to Florida and get a new life after the quick stop burns down mm-hmm. but Rosario Dawson looks at him and she's like you know 
Dante, we could be all sad and mopey about the fact that this is your last day, or we could treat this like any other work day. And she holds up a bottle of <laughs> nail polish. Yes. And then he starts painting her nails. So there are these subtle callbacks to the first movie from the second. They're clever. Like toenails, right? For the second one. Toenails, toenails for the second yeah. one. The first one it's Veronica's mm-hmm. fingernails. Yeah. yeah. But either way, he gets stuck in relationships <laughs> where he's painting his girlfriend's nails. So I don't know how that happens because Josh doesn't paint my nails. So maybe I need to reassess my relationship. <laughs> I don't really know. I don't do that as well. Not that I'm not willing. I just don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) But hindsighters, we're going to have to take a quick break. Bullshit. I know it's very disappointing. Uh, We can get another slice of pizza or whatever you want, but it can only take one second. So hindsighters, we will be back in one second. And go. And we're back. We've been gone for approximately one second, as we promised. So welcome back, hindsighters. We have reached uh, some pivotal parts of the movie and passed some pivotal parts. So, uh, Katie, what is it that you wanted to mention about this particular portion of the movie? Right now, we're at the egg scene, where we have some guys sitting at the sitting on the floor of a convenience store. A safe place to sit, even before COVID. He's Ugh. counting eggs. He's touching the eggs. He's putting them in his mouth. He's rubbing the <laughs> eggs on him shock. to find the perfect dozen. And it has to do with the balance, the role, like he's putting them through all these endurance tests. (sighs) Thank you, Christian. Uh, You forget that I hear like a bat, like a bat. But anyhow, (laughs) so it's funny all the random interactions that Dante and Randall (laughs) incur throughout the day. I'm not doing this with you. Oh God! And so you come to find that the egg guy, um, this guidance counselor, is on the floor, as Katie said, testing all the eggs. And it, you come to find from this woman who artificially inseminates caged animals, who's advising Dante and Randall on why this guy has what she calls shell shock, that this is a syndrome that only comes down on guidance counselors. And they're like, oh, I wonder why guidance counselors. And she said, well, isn't, you know, if your job was as worthless <laughs> as theirs, wouldn't you be as tra- as traumatized as they are? She seems so, so proud of her job, by the way, inseminating yeah. animals. Yeah, she was like, that's why you should have a job that means something, boys. That's why I artificially inseminate caged she animals. <laughs> technically creates life. I mean, technically, but what do the orcas at SeaWorld do to the people that do to them what she does to caged animals? They didn't say it was marine life. They just said caged animals. Uh, Well, it's still a caged animal. It's just underwater. But anyway, we we won't get into that. Oh, good for you. (laughs) Thank Thank you, you, Christian. Christian. (laughs) I will banish you from the land of Latifah. No. Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, yes. Calm down, Christian. You and Jason are having too much fun there in the corner. Anyway, what don't uh, you fucking understand? Uh, I don't know, core concept. But anyway, them could just do the podcast. I know. <laughs> we missed a pivotal point no! in the plot, which is <laughs> all right. This is rude, Christian. Get out. You don't get any pizza. You're unprofessional. No, no you're a good cream. guy, you, but you're unprofessional. You're a nice guy. This guy. This guy. The guy where he's offended by the talking about the the I, nudie booths. The nudie yeah. booths. And his, his center part. That's my favorite thing. It's pretty horrible. Uh, it's uh, apparently center parts are back though, from what I'm for understanding. Girls. For girls only. For okay. girls only. Because I just learned the other day that apparently if you're side hit, part, the, I have a natural side part, so I don't know why. I do too. People discriminate. Uh, don't discriminate against people whose hair parts a certain way. You. But youngsters. that was back from like the 2000. That was like the Avril Lavigne era where you had the center part. 
Yeah, I don't care. Uh, I part my hair the way I want to because I'm a rebel. My hair tells me where it parts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so you get the guy who's upset about the discussion of a nudie booth, which even back in the 1994 when this movie came out, you wouldn't discuss something that disgusting in you know, in you front of your customers. A, That's just. Have you met me? Reading a porno. <laughs> well, I've, I'm used to podcast, young Adam. I'm. You're a little bit different when we're at Act One at the church down the road. <laughs> in case memory serves, just a smidge, just a tad. <laughs> but yeah, we also missed a pivotal part where uh, Dante is upset. Uh, his day is not only ruined by the fact that he has to ruin. He has to work on his day off, but he also discovers that his ex girlfriend, for whom he carries a huge torch. Caitlin Bree is engaged to an Asian design major, and his name is Sang, as in past tense, because Dante's making fun of him later. This movie is just Dante making bad decisions the whole movie. Yeah. Like uh, going into work. Yeah, like going into work. <laughs> well, Randall calls him out for it, and Randall turns out to be the wise one of the two, because he, despite the fact that Randall seems to be the one who's constantly drilling holes in Dante's boat, he's the one who does things that makes himself happy. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't really hold any illusions about what he does for a living. He's fine living at home with his mom. It doesn't bother him. He's mm-hmm. He accepts the reality. Still of, living there in Clerks too. Yes, he is. <laughs> That's why he was so pissed when the quick stop burned down because he was like, oh, now I'm aware where am I going to bring chicks to have sex when my mom is home? Like, it's, it's so disgusting. <laughs> I love the line where he, he's talking to Dante and he's like, how do you always have two good looking chicks who want you? You're the <laughs> ugliest fucking shut I've ever seen. <laughs> and it's so true because especially like Dante's not an attractive man to me to begin with and he's such a bitch like he never stops complaining he's always whining and moaning about everything and he's a martyr oh yeah he is a martyr he and randall are the exact opposites because it's presented as though randall's the screw up and dante's the stable respectable responsible one but really dante's the one who's ruining his own life by you know ignoring the fact that he could go to school he could make something he's afraid of change yes and that that carries through to the second movie yep yeah i think this movie rings true to those like you know that phase where you you're just well he didn't fully finish school but when you just get out of college or you're still in college you're in your early 20s and you don't really know what you want to do with your life that's where he's supposed to be at at 22 looking like a you know looking like he's 30 but you know except he never went to school in the first place he He never went to school in the first place yeah he finished college and even his girlfriend uh, she nags him all the time from his perspective but she's like dante you're so smart you could move on you could make something of yourself and he's like god we can't ever have a conversation without that coming up and he's so afraid of change that he's afraid of even good change uh, stuff that people are just spelling out for him like dude just try it out and if you hate it that's okay but you know, at least give it a shot. He wants the girlfriend who cheats on him that he's been with forever. Well, because he's used to it. Yeah. It's comfortable. It's yeah, comfortable that's his for comfort him. zone. Well, and he even says at one point, because Randall's like, God, that girl was vital to you. And he's just like, well, you know, that's what high school is all about. Um, you know, going to class and infidelity or whatever it is that he says. And I did like that Randall had that moment where he's like, you break his heart again, I'll kill you. It's Aww. nothing personal. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. You're so protective of him, Randall. Territoriality, he was mine first. He <laughs> like, was mine first. <laughs> Randall's so dysfunctional, but he's oddly enough the, the rock of the group that like keeps everybody he's together. He's functioning dysfunctional. Yes, he is. Yeah. Because once again, he accepts his reality. I love that Randall's very proud of who he is. But yeah. Dante's under some disillusion that... 
he has arguments with his current girlfriend, Veronica, the one who let's uh, go back to the beginning for a second. When Dante's being harassed by this man who keeps bothering his customers who are buying cigarettes and the customer who's drinking his coffee at the counter, he keeps saying, Oh, are you sure you want to buy those cigarettes? And what about, you know, a pack of gum? Uh, it'll save you. Julie's gum. Julie's gum. Uh, it'll save you from having a lung that looks like this. And he's got like a charred lung specimen that he just flings on the ice cream counter. And he starts disrupting all all of the cigarette sales, which you know are a big part of the revenue at this tiny little oh, yeah. $1.95. Their prime revenue. In 94, yeah. That was a lot of money, but... So then you come to find that he's a Julie's gum representative and that's why he's stirring up all this anti-cigarette. He compares Dante to a Nazi. Yes. <laughs> you know, another group of people that were just following orders, they were called Nazis and they start pelting him with cigarettes and they're calling him a cancer, cancer merchant. Cancer merchant. And Veronica like sprays them all with the uh, fire extinguisher and yeah. she calls them easily led automatons and you can tell she's got a fancy vocabulary to start out with. Because Kevin Smith. And, yeah. He likes to use big words and sound smart. That he does. But, but he doesn't speak. <laughs> yeah. You know, ironically enough, maybe that's maybe that's the beauty of it. But uh, she does, she's this tiny little thing. She can't be mm -hmm. more than like five foot two, five foot three, but she kicks a group of grown ass men out of the quick stop. And then of course, one of them has the audacity to stop and say, Bag of cigarettes. <laughs> but so Veronica is a powerhouse and she she protects Dante. She brings him lunch. She visits him at work. She even transferred from a better, further away school to a closer, like you assume it's a community college to be closer to him and encourage him to come with her. She thinks she'll be like a security blanket of some sort to him, I suppose. She does all of this for him. But that's a classic trap for a lot of girls is that they think if they perform enough acts of service, that even though the boyfriend, I know phrasing first boom, but uh, <laughs> are we not doing phrasing anymore? But she, you know, some younger girls fall into that trap in relationships You're where they're like, "What I do so?" Uh, shut up, Jason and Christian, you hecklers! What are y'all those old old ass Muppets who bitch about everything in the theater now? No. I hate you so much. But anyway. Seriously, man, you and me, we're fucking uh, done professionally. Derailed, thank you. So Veronica thinks that she's doing all these things for Dante and that he notices them. He doesn't notice a single thing until it's pointed out to him that she's a saint in his life. Mm -hmm. And he's pining after this girl that he's Joe comfortable Randall points with. It out. Yeah, he's comfortable with Caitlin despite the or fact that she's Silent Bob. Silent Bob. It's played. both of them. It's both kind of, of them. Yeah. Silent Bob. everybody. Yeah. yeah. Because Jay too. Jay does say it in a weird way. Yeah. The line about what's a good plate with nothing on it. Shit. What's a plate with nothing on it? Yeah. And he can't, he can't get the line right. But then. So that, funny, but yet sad. But that's why Silent Bob was like, yeah, there are plenty of fine looking women. Who cares? Most of them just cheat on you. Not all of them bring you lasagna at work. So that's. They really bring the wisdom at the end. The, the characters that you least expect any sort of wisdom out of, they're the ones who bring everything full circle mm -hmm. and help yeah. Dante to not really have an arc because when you get to the second movie, he's still the same guy. He's working he in the same place, the exact same settling guy. for the comfort zone. Dante and Randall literally don't change from Clerks 1 to Clerks 2. It's a 12-year difference. They don't change. We don't want Randall to change. We don't want Randall to ever change. Randall doesn't want to change either. He's not ashamed of the fact that he's sleeping with girls half his age who are in oh, high God. school. That's, and, that's a little gross. 
gross. He's <laughs> 33. But yeah, because I, I was watching that movie right before we came to the studio, and he's 33 and he's sleeping with 17 year olds. So. <laughs> they do the weirdest shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and that's up. a whole discussion. That's we a, shall not thing. discuss. No, we but, shall not. <laughs> well, he's like a high schooler in his head still because he teases Elias like a bully in high school because they work with that younger kid who's like maybe he's 19 and uh, he loves Lord of the Rings. He's a complete geek and he even wears like the ring necklace and one ring to rule them all. <laughs> so, and there are so many celebrity cameos in that one too. Yeah. Uh, Jason Lee's in that one as well. Ben Affleck uh, ben for Aff five seconds. Uh, Wanda Sykes. Uh, the, and of course, you know, you have Rosario Dawson who actually stars in the movie. Mm -hmm. oh, they, uh, I fell in love with Rosario Dawson watching Clerks too. They tried to get Ellen Pompeo to play her originally. Uh, but no, who would have been a different movie? Uh, Grey's Anatomy. Oh, uh, I didn't watch Grey's Meredith Anatomy. Grey. So, but the main the lady The main on, character. You've seen a picture of Grey's okay. Anatomy. You've seen okay. old school, right? Uh, the yes, girl that have Luke seen old Wilson's school. in love with. Oh, with old like, school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I can't believe you don't even know who Grey's Anatomy <laughs> Meredith Grey is. But anyway, it doesn't matter. You're a boy, so I guess you're not obligated to know. But, uh, oh, we get to the hockey scene, which is great because you ran into a character, an actor who actually plays two characters. Can yeah, Snowball. Snowball and the Brawny Man. And the Brawny Man. <laughs> great name, by the way. Yeah, the whole point of the... Uh, I don't the, know that that's his name. He's just dressed like the Brawny Man. He looks like he's, the he's Brawny Man. Going on. He shaved he his even, beard. Yeah. Was, it looks completely 90s. different. It's grunge. It is. And, but, yeah. He's just kind of Scott you know, Mosier. <laughs> yeah, Scott Mosier, who's in the second movie. The as producer well. of the movie. Yeah. yeah, and he's in the second movie where uh, Brian O'Halloran is going to the bathroom and he opens the door <laughs> to tell Randall to stop teasing Elias. And Scott Mosier covers his daughter's eyes. He's like, don't look at his wee wee. <laughs> <laughs> so he makes his own appearances in the movies. But yeah, he's Snowball and this brawny looking guy. Well, they're playing hockey on the roof. And the whole reason Dante didn't want to go into work at the first place was because he had a hockey game at two. Yes. Yeah. And the boss swears that he'll be in at 12 o'clock to cover for Dante, but that never happens. Back so, by 12 or I walk. He goes to Vermont. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and this this comes full circle as well, phrasing first boom, <laughs> because this old man comes into the quick stop wanting to use the restroom, and that seems relatively innocent until he asks Dante for something to read, and when Dante asks, you know, hands him a regular magazine, he, he, specifies, he specifies that he wants a porno mag instead. No, the best part about that is he goes, oh wait, no, no, that one, that one has bigger boobs. Yeah, I think he phrased it a little more crudely. Bigger titties so I think than that. Oh, sorry, for us a sorry. <laughs> Leave it to me. How dare you, young Adam? You crass young man. But yeah. Randall's my spirit animal. I, even though he even, in this scene. even though he doesn't say that line. <laughs> well, the the old man is just so pushy too. He's he asking for better toilet paper. He wants a porno magazine. <laughs> it's with the bathroom where the lights oh no, the lights go off at like 5:14, right? They go off at like 5 or something yeah. every night. Uh, so he's fine for right now cuz we're still in the middle of the day. That's right. That's they, right. But their their hockey game was cut short because the brawny man who couldn't be served because the store like you said was an inconvenient store and it was <laughs> Closed for like the 40th time that day the guys were playing hockey on the roof and and Dante once again is ignoring his responsibility he's giving out free Gatorade to all of his friends and he just doesn't care about any of it and wait I still get free Gatorade right <laughs> <laughs> and the, they only brought one ball to play hockey with and so the game ends after like 12 minutes because the brawny guy's spiteful and just knocks it off the roof about a mile to the west so. I don't know why I like the line so much where they're like didn't anybody bring another ball I brought the orange one in 
the orange one. <laughs> uh, he was supposed to bring all the, the rest of them. Oh, my God. But, yeah, so the Dante bitches about the game getting cut off. He's just, nothing's going right in his day. No. It's like that that uh, book when we were kids. Uh, what is it? Alexander and the No Good, Very Bad, Horrible Day or whatever. Oh, um, hold on. I got to look I know what you're up. talking about. Dr. Google. They made that Steve, Steve, Steve Carell movie out of it, yeah. Uh, I think it's I think. that's right. Yeah, that's right. The terrible, horrible, no, no good, good, very, very bad, bad day. day. But I can't remember the first part. Dante's of it. living that day. I think it's Alex. It doesn't. It, keep talking about yeah. that. I actually really like. I know that it's for budgetary reasons, for financial reasons, but I love that this movie's in black and white because it kind of goes with the whole, it's just a boring, crappy job, bat, another day in the life. I love that kind of feel There's to it. There's not a real true plot to the movie. There's no plot <laughs> There's to the movie. There's a bunch of different mini storylines. Exactly. The only part that I didn't like that it was in black and white was the end scene with Jay and Silent Bob where they're dancing and you can barely see what's going on. Yeah, because everything's so dark it's around so them. It's so dark, yeah. I think that's part of the reason why they had the dance sequence in the second one. I know Kevin Smith sort of wrote it off and said he just wanted to do a big dance number in one of his movies, but I, maybe he's just holding a torch for that and maybe it was just so much better looking. Well, Jay still had his little silent, or sorry, had his little like dance number. Oh too, yeah, where he was just sort of like flinging oh, his yeah. arms out for no reason. <laughs> and I love that. And we have to, oh, and you were right, Katie, it's called Alexander and the Terrible Horrible, No, no good, good, Very Bad Day. day. But I think Jay and Silent Bob wrong. are at their best in Clerks too, personally. I think so. I, I like them in Dogma. Dogma, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's a little bit more, it's, um, Gotta make Kevin a Smith comes a little bit more, I guess, He's comedic more than anything. This one, he's not very funny. No, Silent Bob. The only fact that he talks. Silent Bob starts doing the the silent movie chaplain kind of expressions yes. with his face. Yes. Small yeah, rats the also. And then you have like the random kind of, like like noise, like can noise, like the whoop when yeah. his eyebrows go up. Well, yeah. I have to say that he was really comedic in Mall Rats because he did the whole the Batman. Batman. <laughs> that was pretty great. Stunt when he just knocks himself into a, a wall. Or he or tries to learn how to use the force. Yes. Oh, my yeah. God. Uh, he's trying to move a pencil, man. Like <laughs> it's hard to not talk about all these movies when you're talking about one of them. Well, oh, yeah, they're they're all intertwined somewhere, uh, mm -hmm. shape or other. And this is where they go to. Uh, oh, we missed what her name was. Uh, I meant to pay attention to the captions, but it's the same girl who died in a pool and had an embolism or something like that. I want to say so. Yeah. It's all yeah. the same funeral. And then when you see, <laughs> so what happens, Hindsiders, is that Randall and Dante they have this very deep conversation about how Randall's cousin died attempting to go down on himself. <laughs> and that's just special in and of itself. And Randall is kind of making, he traps Dante into admitting that Dante tried that on Every himself Every guy's once. tried it, right? <laughs> oh my. <laughs> We've always oh heard the, the rumor about Marilyn Manson, yeah? Oh, yeah, because that he, he had his removed, ribs, removed. ribs removed so he could do that, yeah. <laughs> and then Dante finally reveals, he's like, I couldn't do it. And he's like, you tried? You fucking pervert. pervert yeah. <laughs> but there was also the rumor that Paul from the Wonder Years grew up to be Marilyn Manson, which is not true. I heard about that. I heard about that theory. <laughs> That's, it's, it's a rumor, but it's not true. But uh, so Removing go, your ribs, right? What? Removing ribs, right? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, Paul from the Wonder Years. 
That has nothing to do with the ribs. Those are two. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The scrawny rumors. kid with the glasses. Yeah, a oh, Kevin, he's totally Marilyn Manson. Kevin's best friend. Yeah, he's totally Marilyn Manson. No, he's not. Yeah, <laughs> he is not. I know him personally. Oh God, <laughs> I'm not proud of oh, it. Oh, how but personally do no. you know? Him I don't want to know him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Christian. But so Randall goes to a funeral in what we can only assume is an acid wash jean jacket and oh, a backwards it's the red bear. It's the red bear, which doesn't show up well on black and white film. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. And Brian O'Halloran has these awful motorcycles boots with his cargo pants tucked hey, into them they're it's so nice they're combat boots they're the awesome dri- the oh god driving glasses yes and they're debating like whoever comes to the store on a saturday and meanwhile the entire town is trying to get like in zombies because, are all just trying to get in because <laughs> they're closed again but they go into the funeral home and randall manages to knock over the casket and proceed the body proceeds to fall out of said casket and they get chased out uh five minutes later as we see and you'll notice that there's a lady who's rather tall with very long hair chasing after them out of the funeral parlor. Does anybody know what other character that person played in this movie? I know it's obviously a, a man playing a woman. It's definitely a man playing a woman. We've already seen his other character. Is it Rick Darris? No, it's not Rick Darris. Rick Darris has the short hair. It's oh, the guy right. bitching at Dante wanting more Gatorade. Oh, the Gatorade guy. It's the, the Gatorade guy who guy. has long hair. Uh, so yeah, he just, the one guy with he didn't the, even like, wear a wig. But long hair. <laughs> I, yeah. I like that they go to this wake and then they get back and all of a sudden it's super dark, which now you've told us that they could only film at dark. That well, makes sense. Well, they, they could film during the day when they were away from the quick stop and they were nowhere near the quick stop at the funeral parlor. So that's the Jay and Silent Bob scenes. Like they, how yeah. long were they gone where it was like, it was daytime when they left and all of a sudden it's just pitch black. <laughs> when they get back that's a good point i guess it depends on how small the town is and where the closest funeral home is it just depends but yeah so uh we haven't talked about another important character who we passed by some time ago he's a berserker Berserker. <laughs> my love for you yeah. is like a truck berserker <laughs> it's a uh, great character he's only in it for like three minutes he's jay's oh, not cousin even. yeah not jay's even russian cousin and yeah. he's trying to make it big in the music industry <laughs> did you hear the line that jay said before uh the oh, girl comes up he to does speak english but he doesn't speak it good like we do <laughs> no it's the line right before the berserker scene it's the lead in line you can hear him mumbling i don't care if she's my cousin i'm knocking those boots tonight <laughs> <laughs> I've, heard, I've never heard the cousin part. I've heard Listen the closely, boots. and Jay talks about it. Ew, it's gross. gross. No, that must be a very, very small town. Yeah, <laughs> with very little transportation involved. Also, let's just talk about logistics real fast. Absolutely. The ice cream freezer is in front of the counter. It is very deep. That is not very good setup to try to like get people to pay and like put money down because this is before credit cards were like the only way you could pay for things. It's it looks like it's like a five foot deep freezer. where you'd have to kind of bend over. It is like, a weird setup. Really just to reach. Reach. It's well, definitely I mean, a weird layout. I, well, have you ever bartended? Yeah, it's sort of a similar setup because you've got the bar well in front of the bartender as opposed to the customer. So the bartender's doing the same thing where they're actually reaching a lot further than you think that they are. Yeah, but so that's the bartender. That's not the customer. Well, oh, okay. You're saying the customer's more important than the bartender, Katie? They're paying you. I, I see. I see where we, where we differ. All right, then. <laughs> but, oh, and Randall, this they come into all these sort of deep arguments uh the one that i really like that we sort of touched on darby is that jedi versus empire yeah <laughs> randall has this incredibly best conversation in the movie detailed argument that the rebels are kind of the bad guys in jedi because uh since the death star was still technically under construction unlike in empire when it was fully 
operational <laughs> uh, in Jedi, it was still being constructed. So there would have been all of these innocent 1099 construction workers and independent contractors who got blown to smithereens who had nothing to do with the war. All they were trying to do was get a nice, juicy government contract to feed their families. And then a contractor who's actually in the store comes along and he professes how he did not want to work on the roof of Babyface Bambino. The, the gangster? gangster? <laughs> because they had to point he, that out. Because of personal politics. And he was like, no, so all those contractors have it co- had it coming because I chose not to take that job because I knew that guy was a gangster. They all knew what they were getting into when they signed on for it. I'm a roofer. I think with my heart, not my wallet. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just like, oh my God, who? I would never have thought that sort of an argument because most people don't go beyond, oh, I like the Rebels. Oh, Darth Vader's cool. They don't really venture beyond that. But Kevin, I, leave it to Kevin Smith to come up with that debate. I can relate to uh, Randall in thinking really logically about the logistics of different Star Wars events. Like, whenever I watch Star Wars, I'm like, but what if that happened? People are like, it's just a fucking movie. But I'm with Randall. I'm on his level. Like, he thinks deeply about Star Wars, just like I do. I do, too. I don't know that I think quite as deeply as Kevin Smith does, but... Kevin Smith's obsessed. Everybody loves to hate on the Ewoks, for instance. We would not have taken Endor without the Ewoks. You can all get over it. I love the Ewoks. I love Ewoks. Harrison Ford hates the Ewoks, and that's, you know, we can... Harrison Ford hates Star Wars. Yeah. (laughs) That's the way to tell somebody's like somebody's age is what do you think about the Ewoks? If you thank you, love them, uh, thank you, Barney. You like Barney. them, it's because you're born after this certain time. But if you hate them, it's because you were born when Star Wars like started. True. Yeah, because uh, Harrison Ford was. So if only Jason was here to give us his his opinion. Uh, oh. Christian might. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, Jason was like twenty. I was, like, I was like five when Jedi came out. That oh. makes sense then. He would like the Ewoks. He's got a walking cane now, so that's yeah. how long ago Jedi came But it out. has a mosquito in it. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> he is one white suit away from being a supervillain. <laughs> There's only one return, and it ain't of the king, it's, it's of, of the, the Jedi. Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> Those stupid movies were just a bunch of hobbits walking to a freaking <laughs> volcano. <laughs> I, I made fun of Lord of the Rings so hard, I made some super nerd puke all over the counter. <laughs> <laughs> That's an Elias job. <laughs> oh, my God. So I, I feel like we need to come back and do Clerks 2 soon. Uh, I would uh, totally be down. Uh, I don't think Jason's going to want to participate. Yeah, we're, yeah I Jason think we're, would we're love a break. Jason and Adam tonight. Brown couldn't be a part of it. <laughs> oh, Adam Brown's crying somewhere. I'm playing the smallest New phone, violin. Uh, been thinking sad. of him the whole episode. I bet you are. Yeah. I'm sure he can feel it wherever he is. Crazy. <laughs> feel me. No, that's actually a reference to Clerks the Animated Series because there's a, a fantastic bit, and it's one of the reasons why some of the networks even appreciated Clerks when they uh, when Kevin Smith was pitching it. Uh, there's a bit where Randall accidentally orders uh, he thinks he's ordering a mail order bride, but he winds up with a mail order husband who's Japanese. And so Randall winds up being the wife and he has to dress in a kimono and a wig. And uh, <laughs> the guy ends up eating sushi off of him. And he's <laughs> like, farewell Toshiro san, wherever you are. <laughs> like, and it's the best bit in that entire animated series. It's so great. So underrated. Wait, no, hold on. Now There's we're Rick Darris. This yeah. is the Rick guy Darris. in the sweater. Wait till you see his sweatshirt. So I just saw this. I just noticed this. I swear to God, it's Johnny Bravo on his sweatshirt. I believe that. It is? It looks just like Johnny Bravo. Oh, wow. I need to look at it. It's probably when he turns around, around eventually. It probably isn't going to happen. It's going to take a second. But this is where Dante gets busted for Randall having sold a pack of smokes to a four-year-old little girl. Yeah, he gets fined $500 for it. Which you'd think that that would go to the store instead of... 
the, That's definitely well, a maybe store the employee. Would take it. Well, they probably take it out of his paycheck. I guess it depends on who was there at the time or who was allegedly there at the time because they do ask specifically, "Were you here between these and these hours?" And Don't so, they have security cameras? In '94, no. <laughs> yeah. no, but nowadays they would definitely be like there would be multiple lookups to determine. Yeah, See, it's Johnny Bravo. It, uh, oh my god, it's very Johnny Bravo. It is very Johnny Bravo. It's a, it's, looks like Johnny Bravo in a speedo. But it's yeah. a promotion I'm for very whatever. He's probably been in that in his cartoon. Well, he's yeah. a personal trainer, Rick Darius. So it's promoting oh, whatever gym he works for. They, they call it the sweat, sweat box. box. <laughs> sweat Phrasing box. first boom, but yeah, so. Rick Darris actually picks up the little sister Heather while he's at the counter and that's when he's telling Dante that he used to sleep with his ex-girlfriend. Oh yeah. While and, they were dating. Yeah and he's just so casual and blase about it. He's like oh yeah I used to sleep with that girl a couple years ago. Gorgeous body. Like when y'all, <laughs> yeah when y'all were together and he has no issue with that whatsoever and it's because he deems Dante out of shape and he doesn't deem him as a threat at all. He's like yeah you should come by the gym I'll, I'll help you with the reps and it's just so casual and terrible but meanwhile Randall uh, oh. asked to borrow Dante's car so he can rent a video and Dante's like you work in a video store and he goes I work in a shitty video store I want to rent a good movie well in what <laughs> movie does he rent young Adam hermaphroditic porn <laughs> <laughs> best of both worlds uh, of course <laughs> which you know naturally and then uh, I never saw this coming when I first saw this movie Caitlin shows up at the end uh, nearly the end she does mm -hmm. and She's not really the kind of girl to pull this kind of move. You'd think that she would just go along and live her Caitlyn life and go along with her fiance and all that. But no, she actually comes back to Dante trying to make a real, you know, relationship with him, which from everything that you hear about her up until this point, she's a total skank. She would sleep with literally anybody because Dante was even telling Randall a story about how when they were in high school they were at a party and Caitlin was supposed to meet some other guy in a room but she accidentally met Dante and when she realized that it was Dante her current boyfriend at the time she freaked out because she thought she was meeting some other guy who ended up being gay and raising sheep with another man in a different state yeah so, and Randall is even like that girl is vile to you and she drove other men to deviant lifestyles like just, <laughs> my god well he's like why do you pine after her? Veronica's fine. And and Randall's not even trying to convince Dante to go one way or the other. He's like, go with where you want to be. Like, if you want Caitlin, go get her. There she is. If you want Veronica, there she is. Go talk to her. So Randall's just trying. He doesn't really care what direction Dante moves in. He just wants Dante to be happy. Yeah. So that's why he's actually a good friend, even though it seems like he's poking bowls, uh, poking holes in Brian O'Halloran's boat constantly. I like that Ryan, or not Ryan, uh, Randall. Randall. <laughs> I love that Randall always has this big monologue at the end of both Clerks movies that, that kind of just brings it all home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he, he really loved, I mean, he does. He says it in the second movie, I love you. He loves Dante. He does. And They're I love that. Friends. It's it, adorable. We need to have more heterosexual love on film, damn it. It's guy love. Between two guys. <laughs> Come on, Katie, you're rewatching Scrubs. Why didn't you chime in? I don't know. I don't know where we're at now. <laughs> it's all good. All right. Well, Hindsiders, this has been fun, but we have to take another break. We will be back in approximately. You're killing me. One second. And we're back, Hindsiders. Thanks for joining us after that brief second of an intermission. We are back to see that Randall has indeed returned with a 
good video, quote unquote, of hermaphroditic porn. Yep. And uh, Dante and Caitlin have sort of buried the hatchet with their past drama, and they seem like they're going to get back together, and it looks like Dante's going to break up with Veronica. So Dante's excited and he suddenly doesn't care about closing down the store. He's walking on sunshine and he's going home to dress up for the big date. With, with a Huxtable sweater. Yeah. Yes, God, it's so Cosby, it hurts, my God. Thank God it's not in color. Uh, yeah. 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 That's true. Thank God. <laughs> well, Caitlin gets put and popped by a dead man. So. Oh, <laughs> yikes. I just won the episode. <laughs> Is that winning? <laughs> Christian's rather upset right now. Anyhow, so uh, Dante does go home, and uh, he and Randall had another debate where they were talking about whether or not your your title dictates your behavior. And Randall argued, no, of course it doesn't, because if it did, I wouldn't have spat water in this customer's face, because according to your argument, if I was a good upstanding clerk, I wouldn't do such a thing. And so now Dante's sort of, teetering toward Randall's way of thinking and he's like why don't you close the store down and you take care of everything I'm gonna go on a date and he just could care less now that Caitlin's back in his life because he's got his little comfort zone back mm-hmm. he's just happy he's gonna get laid you know, well I mean he was getting he laid was getting already laid by Veronica he was one of the by his by the ex that he fantasizes about yeah, yeah. by yeah. his comfort zone that's now back even <laughs> though it's a tremulous one like it it's toxic why yes. is her name in the newspaper that she's marrying this guy? Is this guy that famous? Her mother put the she engagement really announcement. Excited. Yeah, it was back in the day. The mother paid like, for the engagement parent, announcement. Yeah, they do that. Oh, newspapers. Yeah, yeah. In case uh, Caitlin even says that when she comes home, it's because a physical <laughs> thing to read. My daughter's not going to be a spinster forever. Yay! Like she's, she's getting her MRS degree. Yeah. So, well, back in 94, that was still very much a thing. You know, you went to college to get your MRS degree. And then we have the lovely 90s fashion with the tie, the suspenders. Oh, this is on it. a female. Oh, yes. Uh, and the curly hair. Uh, do you guys know that the actress who plays Caitlin actually died a couple years ago? Oh, that's Did sad. Not. She was in her, I think she was either 40 or in her early 40s. No! Uh, oh, that's really young. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It actually, she was at, she was living a relatively ordinary life. She was a manager at a restaurant, but uh, I think she had an uh, an aneurysm or a heart attack, something very sudden that took her very like the quickly. girl did in yeah. the movie. Similarly, yeah. Uh, sadly, I don't think it was an aneurysm, but it was something very sudden and very unexpected for how young she was. But wow. Caitlin is the one who's no longer with us anymore in Sad. real life. Yeah, it is a bummer. But uh, and did you guys know that Caitlin and Randall? We're married in real life. No Aww. way. Really? For sure. Because For how long? Uh, oh, like a year. Oh, okay. I was, <laughs> it did I, not last. Still, I was making sure, like, when she died. No, or no, when no, she, no. Okay. Jeff okay. Anderson's, uh, he, I'm sure he was sad when she passed because that was his first wife. But uh, they they were working together. Well, maybe not. <laughs> Thank you, Christian, for that strong opinion. But um, no, so Jeff Anderson said he just kind of fell in love with her while they were on the set. And they had only known each other for about two weeks. And he just leaned in and kissed her and they wound up getting married. So they were married for about 10 seconds and it did last, but they were married for a while. I wonder and if they used the bathroom that has no lights. Oh, they might have. Oh. They may have broken the lights. Did you know that they both eat Chinese? <laughs> Fun, fact. Dick. Fun fact. You dick, exactly. <laughs> but, oh, there's the Cosby sweater. Mm-hmm. Oh, a horrendous Dante sweater, Huxtable sweater. Of course, and uh, what's really sad is that I think he's still in the boots 
and the cargo pants. Oh, he, he doesn't take the boots out. He wears them to bed. Yeah. In the shower, <laughs> everywhere. Well, and uh, did you notice the device, the uh, black with white text? In the animated series, they actually make fun of Fraser for Fraser stole this device because they do the exact same thing where it'll announce the theme of the next segment of the movie where it says denouement or quandary or whatever the hell is happening. Okay. Mm-hmm. Frasier uses the exact same device on their show and Kevin Smith apparently was a little bit bitter about that because he used it first. And he so, beat him to the punch. Uh, he did and in uh, Clerks the Animated Series he actually did a, a white on black and it says Frasier stole this device. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I've never so, seen Frasier but that's I didn't know he stole that. Oh God also, you really are young Adam. Dante has very small hands. Okay. I thought they were her he hands does. for a second. Don't they I thought they were small. her hands. And I was like, wait a second. Where Maybe does this work? <laughs> Maybe. He but, has but you know hands. what they say about a no, fellow with big hands. they look very feminine. <laughs> well, I mean, Dante's kind of a bitch, so are you really that surprised? Out to Seinfeld. Yes. Um, so we're going to wrap it here, Hindsiders. So what's about to happen? The is movie's not even over. It's pretty vile. Uh, okay. We're going to go over it, but we need to go out to Seinfeld as well. So, right. So uh, what happens is that you kind of forget about the skeezy old man with the porno mag in the back of the quick stop bathroom until Caitlin goes to freshen up before Dante gets back in his Cosby sweater and she winds up committing necrophilia. This is kind of where uh, logic comes into play here. Lack of logic comes into play. Yeah, I was here. about to say, where are we going with this? <laughs> so, I know from experience. No, uh, I don't. Um, we <laughs> Continue. I don't know. I don't know. Now, now. Uh, Where so, do you go from there? Well, like, Mary. Oh, Mary. Oh, Mary. <laughs> you lucky struck that one. I miss you, Mary. The poor guy dies uh, pleasuring himself in the back of a convenience store. <laughs> he dies happy. I guess The so. way every man wants to die. Oh, God. <laughs> but... Uh, the coroner is so morbidly shocked by everything that's going on because she's trying to map out the events of the day. Like, so what What was this man doing? Did he bring a porno magazine in by himself? And Dante's like, no, nah, I gave it to him. What smells as like shoe polish? As if that's the, yeah, the, yeah, what smells like shoe polish? The most normal thing in the world that gave a customer a porno mag to read while they're in a public bathroom. And talking about hockey on the roof and the coroner's just like, what kind of convenience store are you running here? And she's the one person who has the, you know, the regular amount of logic of a human being. The voice of reason. Yeah, she's the voice of reason. She's just like, what the hell is going on at this store? But Caitlin, uh, everything's ruined between Dante and Caitlin now because she's going to need years of therapy after accidentally committing necrophilia. She needs, oh, well, I was... With a retiree. I was going to say she needs to come back in Clerks 3, but oh, yeah, forgot. Oh, that would have been a really. I literally just told you. That would have brought it full circle if she could come back to Clark's Dream. We see what happened after the whole event. Well, maybe they'll do a tribute to her. Who knows? Maybe, maybe. Some sort of tribute. Do a tribute. This is not the perfect Mm -hmm. Caitlin. This is just a tribute. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but uh, I always wondered about this, though. Snowballs in the back of the ambulance along with Caitlin and the dead man. And you're just like. Why? why? Just eating an apple. It's beautiful, like man. You we, uh, if you know why his name is Snowball, you know we're not going to explain it. You know. yeah, that one I, not even Frasier, I will explain that Frasier one. Frazier stole this device. Man, but we have to do this. Man goes into cage. Cage, cage 
goes into salsa. Sharks into salsa. Our shark. <laughs> My favorite. This is where Randall has his big speech toward Dante about like, because Dante says something to the fact that when he was a kid, he wouldn't uh, lift his potty to go to the bathroom. So he soiled himself. And he's like, I'm not the kind of person who will affect change just so I can go to the bathroom comfortably. So I can be comfortably. Yeah, yeah. So I can shit comfortably. And Randall's just like, if you want to change something, just change it. And they, they end up fighting and the great story behind that is that they they literally did wreck the store and kevin smith was not expecting his boss to walk in when that happened but they did and they looked around and were just like no like it, they just walked away they did they had no idea what the hell was going on or why their store was trash but they had it all cleaned up by morning because kevin smith had to report into work <laughs> but yeah he didn't want to lose his job yeah they actually did trash the whole place and uh He's in case filmmaking didn't work out, he would be still working at the quick stop. He'd, he'd own it clerk. by now. <laughs> he'd be a clerk. He, no, he'd, he'd own it by now. He'd own it by now. If the story arc was any way accurate. Those but, clerks too, yeah. So uh, since we now know basically how things end, Dante is trying to patch things up with Veronica, which never happens because that's not who he's with in the second movie. Uh, he loses and, uh, his girlfriend, yeah. Yeah, he loses his girlfriend. She's Well, he's already lost her, and I can sort of see your view of that, Katie, where it, Veronica's not the worst in, as far as her character because everything she's telling Dante it makes sense. She's always trying to support him, maybe in a nagging way, but I like how she stands up for herself where she's just like, oh, you're you're talking to this other girl and you can't just break up with me and leave me alone. Like, I made all these changes for you. I did this. I did that. Mm. And she's like, now you're trying to, you know, skis your way out of it and worm your way back in, but I'm not going to let you. I'm going to let you know how much you messed up. And so she's <laughs> like, F you. And she storms out. Well, even Randall says, he goes, you know, he because he tells her and then he's like, you know, I don't do well with this. So if you want to cry, I'll leave. And she goes, I'm not going to cry. And oh, she, she does She's it. like, I'm not mad. Or Fuck I'm not sad. Up. And then she goes and like beats the hell out of Dante. You won't believe how many guys I'm going to go down on now is what she says. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put the hookers in time shame to square with the guys that go down Yeah, that now. line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 37. Oh, my God. You know what? She she can do better. Uh, she Oh, she absolutely can. Rosario Dawson can do better, too. Uh, oh, yeah. Every woman who's ever dated Dante ever can do better. Yeah. Every woman. Easily. Uh, yes. So, uh, Randall, not so much. Uh, he does have the fake ponytail in the second movie. It's actually attached to his hat. Oh, it's a yeah, it's a hair, it's a, it's it's a hat a wig, wig in the second one because they wanted to keep his long hair from the first one. Yeah, they which did. I don't know why, but you know, uh, who who knows? But uh, so yeah, it's that's the end of the movie. Dante doesn't end up winning the, winning the day. He they close the store. Randall wrangles out of the store. Yeah, here comes Randall. He's, He's a berserker. berserker. I mean, this movie really no, 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 is no, no, like no. a day in the life kind of snippet in these clerks' lives. Yeah, and you almost, there's not even really a protagonist versus an antagonist in this story because Dante would be the protagonist if anything that Randall had done or said to him actually affected or changed his life for the better but he's still in the same boat in the second movie yeah he's still no defaulting to his comfort zone yeah exactly well, no he didn't realize that he like that he loved veronica and that there was that. so there was some change but i mean too but, little too late but not yeah not yeah. to any effect whereas yeah. in the second movie i think randall's lessons finally sink in because he you know dante ends up not just impregnating, but marrying Rosario Dawson, and mm. he buys the quick stop, and it becomes his domain. It's it's where he chooses to be, as opposed to where he's, you settling. know, yeah, settling into. Yeah. And they even, I think, they restore RST if memory serves. They and do. They so restore. They, they end up working together again. No, because no, no, no. They work together at the quick stop. They, they work together at the quick yeah, stop. They did restore RST at the end of Clerks Two, but then Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Uh, 
got rid of RST video because video stores are no longer a thing, and That's they right. replaced it with a red box. That's right. They just put it right outside where it used to be. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this is where uh, Jay is too messed up to perform his lines, but this is where... But it ends up being kind of funny. It works. It works, and it's a sweet lesson at the end. So uh, let's go Alf to Seinfeld to wind this movie up. So Speaking uh, of Seinfeld, Seinfeld's the show about nothing. I always thought this was the movie about nothing. It sort of is, because it, yeah. so much happens, and yet... There's no result. Right. Not really. Not really. Everybody keeps living the same life. And, you know, Jay and Silent Bob are still drug dealers. Later on down the road, Randall's still a clerk. Dante's still a clerk. Uh, it is the movie about nothing. You're right. But so. at least Jay and Silent Bob get clean while dealing drugs in the sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, it's an improvement. 15 bucks, little man. Put, Put that, that shit, shit in, in my hand. hand. <laughs> so since this was your pick, young Adam, why don't you go out to Seinfeld for us first? Um... Can I give my little review of the movie? Uh, as Am long I allowed? as it's relatively quick. And it is. Yes, you can plug your projects. That, that That's later. Oh, okay. Um, well, we're about to wrap, so. <laughs> oh, it, good point, good yeah. point. Um, I, I, I think this movie is the perfect example of how it is possible for, like, a film school student to sort of, uh, you know, really aspire and, and pursue their dreams of filmmaking if they really put the hard work into it and they, they really come up with the original idea and put something really interesting together. They have the potential to maybe garner a career in Hollywood. I think this is a really important movie for independent cinema. So I, I kind of have a respect for this movie. Listen, it's not a perfect movie. I think the acting is questionable with the exception of our leads. I love Dante and Randall, and I think they get better at acting every time they portray the characters. Especially because um, of their, you know, their chemistry together. Right, their chemistry grows. Like, if you watch the cartoon and you watch their cameo in Jay and Silent Bob and Clerks 2, like, they get better every time they portray the characters. They fall more into the characters. But, um, you know, the acting's a little shoddy, but that's not the reason why I love this movie. You love this movie for the comedy, the snappy dialogue, the the original tone, the charm of the characters, the allure of the leads, and, and this, the kind of relatability to uh, that kind of phase in life where you're working that shitty job that you just don't want to have, and you're kind of figuring things out. It's relatable. It's a relatable movie. It's very real. Um, Especially so, to someone who's actually in their 20s as opposed to a 30-something year old <laughs> who's playing someone in their 20s. So true, right? <laughs> Um, I, now this is going to sound crazy. If I'm going off to Seinfeld on this one, I still love this movie. I really like this movie, Okay. but I think it was better when I watched it in high school than when I watched it now, but hot take, I like Clerks 2 more than I like the first one now, and I enjoy Clerks 2 more than I do the first one. So Clerks wow. 2 gets better while Clerks 1, not as good as it was in high school. So if we're going off to Seinfeld... Our troll just exploded somewhere in his mother's basement. Oh, yeah. He yeah, just he's pissed. He just can't yeah. handle it. Now uh, he's going to start hanging up pictures of you, too. Just blew his, yeah, blew his load. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with four. Four on Alf to Seinfeld. Wow. Yeah, and okay. I love this movie. I love this movie, but four. Hashtag hot take. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then uh, any projects that you'd like to plug before we uh, move on to Miss Katie? I'll go quickly. Uh, there are two podcasts, two very different podcasts. If you love horror movies and horror storytelling, campfire horror storytelling, Kept From Sleep. Uh, we just recorded and did our final episode after like a one-year hiatus, but if you've never listened to it, Kept From Sleep, if you like horror podcasts, it's uh, I narrate and act in it, and it's a lot of fun. And uh, I just started a new podcast as well with my girlfriend Alyssa, who has been on the show a few times. Yes, she has. Um, it's called Playbills and Popcorn, where we talk about stage plays and their movie adaptations. So if you like movies and theater, check out Playbills and Popcorn. 
Wonderful. We'll have to sure, uh, be sure to tune into those. So thank you for sharing. All right, Miss Katie, Alfta Seinfeld, where does Clerk stand for you? I will say I will stick around where Adam gave it. I will give it a five, though, because uh, while Clerks 2 is still probably my favorite of the two, this actually, it, it the first 20 minutes, I was like, I don't, I don't want to turn this. Like I would like to be done with this. And then it got better. <laughs> it got better, and it was great, and I enjoyed it. Um. Yeah, I will stick with that. Um, and I will also endorse uh, Kept From Sleep. As a horror fanatic, uh, I am very excited for this final episode. I listened to it every time it was released. So I am very excited and looking forward to this final episode. Aw, shucks. Aw, <laughs> she's the super fan of another podcast now. <laughs> Fantastic. That's awesome. Uh, now, see, I have to go a little higher on the Alf to Seinfeld scale, uh, and I'll tell you why because when this movie not when it came out when i first saw this movie which would have been in about 2006 i i utterly appreciated it uh i wasn't a clerk yet i would be a clerk in the near future when i was in college and earning some extra money to you know go to the movies myself uh, you know my, my entertainment and going out money i worked in a halloween store as a clerk and it was literally one of the most thankless jobs ever so th- every time i watched this movie thereafter i appreciated it more uh living in that thankless world and now that i'm at, i've been out of the retail world for quite some time which is oh, it's beautiful i look back and i i appreciate this movie so much for giving me that retrospect and the hindsight is horrifying because they were they were the good old days you were broke and you were happy but you didn't know how miserable you really were (laughs) and i just so i'm I'm gonna go ahead and give this one a seven because it just helps me appreciate what i have now and it's so jam-packed to the gills with such good references and such you know great semantics and dialogue that i i I don't, it's not that I've missed any of the jokes really, but I appreciate them every single time I hear them. So I just, I love this movie. So I have to give it a seven. So. I can't wait to see Dante and Randall in their forties in Clerks 3. Oh my God. It's going to be brilliant. Oh, yeah. Jeff Anderson. I love you. Oh, you're, you're marvelous. So hindsighters, uh, with both my nerdy boys gone, I hope this was a decent enough episode for you. We tried to switch it up and give you some, some fresh, but familiar blood at the same time. Uh, Adam and, or young Adam as I, <laughs> as it were. And Miss Katie, thank you both for returning and supplying your dulcet tones to our podcast. We appreciate it. And hindsighters, be sure to tune in to Darby's wonderful podcast themselves. This has been young Adam, Katie and Darth Jader with, uh, a livid Christian Bale and Jason in the background. This is hindsight. No! And <laughs> you know what? I'm going to start it over just because of that. Thank you for joining us for your drive time, your listening time. You're selling cigarettes to the underage time. This has been hindsight and good night. <laughs>